Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 24th ever Chimera Theater podcast. Uh, back after, I think, we took a, a little break last month, just didn't update because we didn't have anything new to say. Or it might have been two months ago. Eh, whatever, I'm drunk. Joined today by Brendan Law. Indeed. Okay, it's, it's something different on Facebook, so it always yeah. throws me off. And Paul, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, French or English. Uh, both. Uh, uh, Rancorte, or Rancou. Okay. Rancourt, Rancou. You guys are joining me today because you are two of our newest Freudian Slips members. How are you guys feeling about that? I'm super excited. I think we've got an awesome troop. I'm surprised. I thought there was going to be more people, like, because you guys cut down from eight to six. Yes. I thought there was going to be more, and I was... I'm, I'm excited that there's less now because we get to play even more games. Yay! Also getting paid more. Yeah, well, there you go. So there's... that's something, too. It is. <laughs> I'm quite the opposite. I'm, um... <laughs> Dreading it? I'm... Well, no, it's... Uh, it's the scared shitless is just slowly creeping in about this, mm-hmm. about this stage. So in two days, when this comes out, I'll probably be, you know, really nervous, but... You won't be able to listen to it because you'll be hiding. I'll be hiding. I'll be, I'll be hiding in, uh, in a hovel in the ground, uh, trying to come to grips with my fear mm-hmm. the delicious fear <laughs> so I wanted to start out by saying how did both of you get involved with uh, the Freudian Slips or how did you hear about it I went to school in class I met uh, Jeff Daniels who was on there last year mm-hmm. and he told me about the slips and obviously there's various posters posted around the school mm-hmm. and everything so I uh, I know he's a very good improper from class so I went ended up going to the show and just loved the way that they Last year's cast acted. They were all awesome. You did a great job, Brooke. Of <laughs> Thank you. He didn't pay me to say that. Um, <laughs> really? Again. You'll get your yeah. checks. <laughs> checks in the mail. And then it won't bounce. Yeah. This <laughs> time. This time. But yeah, just after seeing Jeff in class and going to the show, I just fell in love instantly. It's it's awesome to see this kind of thing happening in town. So I just had to audition. And for me, I'm I'm fairly new to Kamloops. So uh, yeah, we just moved here a couple of months back and uh, looking for things to do and activities in, in town and I got drunk one night and was staggering down tranquil and I fell into this open door. Uh, people took some money out of my wallet and uh, I saw this bizarre show with all these little people on it and I went, hey, That's me. this is a lot of fun. I'm a little people. I'm, I can be little people too. <laughs> And then I saw uh, an ad on Facebook that uh, holding open auditions, and I thought, what the heck? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die soon anyway, so I, I might as well be acting. We all. Yes. So you, uh, on our first rehearsal that you expressed that you had a lot of experience with improv. So how did you get involved with it to begin with? Uh, oh, well, improv, I just sort of fell into that. Well, I guess everything. Um, so you're drunk walking down I was, the street? Yeah, I, 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 I do a lot of drunk walking and falling into places. No, I guess uh, high school I did a little bit of uh, theater simply you know, for the chicks. Yeah, the only course. reason guys do it. Um, then uh, nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing for years and years and years. Uh, and then um, probably about 15 years ago or so, um, my daughter, who was in high school at the time, wanted to go to an audition 
for a local theater company where we were living in Alberta, and she couldn't drive herself, so I had to drive her, and uh, so went into the audition with her while she was uh, reading for a part, and they descended upon me because I was a you know a, a fully bearded male in a community <laughs> theater, and yeah, we're so we're rare. They leapt upon me, asked me to audition. I went, oh, whatever, okay. And ended up getting two smaller parts in that, and it was just bitten by the, the theatrical bug, and uh, that kept going and Caught going. Caught the disease. Caught the disease. Dirty, dirty actors spreading the diseases. <laughs> and a couple of years later, it was uh, a group of us got together, and we decided to do a long-form improv show simply because we liked hanging around each other and uh, justifying it to our friends and families as you know rehearsals and shows was just a good reason to all hang out and do some really silly crap so we uh, yeah, we put together a, a long form uh, long form show big rock hospital and uh, off we went made a little money drank a little Wine. Drink a lot of wine. Yeah. Uh, that's where I, I got my, I forget which shoulder it is on, but I've actually bled for my craft. I, we were on a race stage and doing something and I fell off the back of the stage and there was a nail on the riser Ooh. and it was the middle of a scene so we threw a cloth on there or something for the rest of the scene. Probably should have had a stitch or two, but we, we made it through, so. Wow. Yes. Dedication. Dedication. You ever seen anything like that? Ever seen someone fall off the stage? Not and fall off the stage. Is any accidents that you're like, how do we keep going? I, not not personally, I've never experienced that, and not, nor have I seen it in a show, because most of the stuff I've seen has been professional, but in rehearsal one time, uh, I remember, it was for The Liar, when... Uh, one of the guys missed his cue, and we were just standing there looking at each other <laughs> face to face. And, and the show's all in verse, of course, so I was trying to think of a rhyme. <laughs> just, he said, not another word. And I was just like, oh, you, you, you turd. <laughs> you guys went going, you guys kept going for a little while after that. Yeah. That was, I can't remember when, was that the same time that Peter forgot his shoes? Yeah, that ended up being the same rehearsal, yeah. So you these things do happen. Forgot he had to go out, so he was just sitting backstage, and we were we were listening, and I'm like, he's got to enter soon, and I'm like, he must have a plan. <laughs> but then it it kept getting closer. He didn't move, and I'm like, yo, yo Pete, you gonna get out there? He's like turned his head, listened, was like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> and just sprinted out. Of the room. Although I'm, I'm I'm trying not to take offense to to Brandon, you know, he's says he's never seen anything like a guy falling off stage because he. He goes to professional shows. Oh, no, no, no. Oh. That's not what I meant. Oh, that's not what I meant at all. That's, that's two now. Oh, my god. Once on Facebook and once now. The jabs. Just I'm, I'm personally hurt. I'm, I'm mortified. Do, you, do I have to separate you two? Yeah. You going to be okay? Yeah. All right. You sit over there. You sit over there. Okay. Thank you. The young and pretty over here and Brandon. Yeah, over. whatever. Whatever yeah. I am. <laughs> um... Uh, I think the only thing I've seen that was even close to that was we had uh, 
we had a stage that pushed out. Mm -hmm. So it was a platform, it was on wheels, and it got pushed out of this sort of wall that we had made during certain scenes, because it had to be inside, and most of the shit was outside. And we had a an actual door, like a full metal door. Mm -hmm. Someone had just rested it against the back of this. Oh. <laughs> so, like, there's six of them back there pushing, and it, it falls, and, like, completely flattens one of the guys. Oh. And uh, hit... I think hit Brittany like right on the arm or right on the back Ooh. and yeah she had a pretty solid bruise but she said the funniest thing was looking over and just seeing the door and a little arm still pushing <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was on stage at the time being pushed out and so we're about to start the scene and all of a sudden smash and you have to you can't be like oh what was that let's deal with that but you have to acknowledge it mm -hmm. so the first guy's about to speak he goes to say his word he's like what and just turns around <laughs> Like, with this weird expression on his face, and then he's like, shakes his head, and we keep going. <laughs> I was like, I, it was a weird way to deal with it, but you have to do something. It's true. Yeah. So. Yeah, no. <laughs> See, I've seen, like, a number of fringe shows where you never know what's going to happen. And Shit goes People down. are coming in and going out, and lights are going off, and power and failures, and, so, and you know, it, I, it's one of the things I love about live theater, because sometimes you just never know. Do they have the... The professional, polished performance is nice. Like, you know, you go to see a, a big Broadway show or something, but sometimes it's nice to see Those little the humanity. Yeah, yeah, little imperfections that make it real. So, so far, what's been your favorite part about being on the slips? Um, oh, that's tough. I'm probably two-pronged in the fact that it's a nice way to get to meet new people who are interested in the same thing that you are. Like, everyone is really good in the slips right now at improv, which is so awesome to meet people who you can just jive with and have chemistry right away and do the same thing that you like. And also for me, it's just even getting back into improv in general because I haven't seriously done it since high school. So it's just been a lot of fun overall for me. Nothing. It sucks. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's just... Waiting for the first paycheck. Yeah, just just dreary, dreary you know, this weight hanging. No, it's um, the people, of course. Like, you know, it's it's a, there's, a, there's a comfort level in in the improv, in the unscripted work. You have to, you know, it's that really having faith and um, and being being able to. To trust your fellow performers and know that you know that part of the comedy I always find is in, is in the building of the scene mm -hmm. and the building of the scene and so when when you have you know several sort of performers in sync and they're and they're just they're they're giving it away they're they're taking that suggestion or recommendation they build on it and they you don't you don't go for the the, the cheap laugh you build mm -hmm. on it and you hand it back to someone else. Who builds on it, and then the audience loves that, and just that 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 energy is what I love about it. It's like a game of Jenga. Yeah, he's yeah. building but on it. Sometimes it, it falls down. Yeah, that's true, and yeah. that can also be funny. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I've I've seen some you know dismal failures when it comes to improv, and I've seen some you know the building goes, and that's part of the fun. Well, it's especially in in like long form. If you you say you have experience in that one. Sometimes it, it is a dismal failure, and you realize that like 10, 15 minutes in, you're like, ah, oh, shit. 
<laughs> we gotta keep going <laughs> with this though. <laughs> like we we had pretty much nothing else. Yeah. Oh, where, just, where did we go wrong? Let's just tread water for a bit. Um. Oh, because uh, you've probably heard Jess say the words "Mamma Mia." I don't know if either of you know what that means. Sorry, Jess, we're gonna tell that story now. Uh oh. Uh, Here it goes. It's it, it was actually this season a couple shows ago at the Star Wars. We had a Star Wars long form. And <laughs> so uh, the show Mamma Mia had just been at WCT. I think that's where she got the idea. But someone made an, a Grease joke or like a reference to uh, an ABBA song. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Meryl Streep it could have been. Oh. And she just sat there and said, oh, Mamma Mia. Dead silence from the audience. It's like, if you've ever made a, a joke that's absolutely fell flat, there's... There's some kind of joy in that. But I think she's like, well, maybe the setup was missed. Maybe they didn't hear me. So about five minutes later, she makes the same joke. (laughs) And the audience was already laughing, and they stopped specifically for that joke. Oh, yeah. That's harsh. I, I, I don't know. I love falling flat sometimes when you just make a joke and no one reacts because that takes about as much effort as everyone laughing <laughs> you're not it, wrong and it, it shows you what you know it helps remove for me it helps remove the fear you know every once in a while you've got a bam you know you, you walk into that post you step off the stage you're joking you fall back off the stage yeah, onto a nail on a nail <laughs> or something or you you know that or your bit falls or they don't mm-hmm. get it, or whatever it is, and it's, you know, you can hear the crickets out there, mm-hmm. and you're dying inside. But then you know, well, is this the worst? And then you just build back up. It's true, you know. It stops me from taking things too seriously, from being like, oh yeah, well, whatever. It sucked. You move on. That's the great part about improv is that it can either be like the greatest thing you've ever done. Or sometimes it falls flat, and you can hear the crickets, like you say. So, yeah. And that's every time you open your mouth in an improv scene. It's like, this has potential to be several things. So. And sometimes it's even better for your confidence, too, when you fall flat like that, because you, yep. then you're, you feel to yourself, okay, that's the worst it's going to get. It's not like I died. It's not like some giant guy in the front came and punched me in the face or something. Like, I fell flat, so what? Only gets better from here. It's not like my firstborn son is cursed or anything. Yeah. <laughs> in the words of Sir Patrick Stewart, it is not in the not falling. It is in the falling and picking ourselves up again. Okay, probably wasn't Patrick Stewart. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. I've heard that I, quote. And I it saw it like on it the internet, be. and Facebook doesn't So lie. it must be true. Yeah, it's true. No, it sounds like a George Carlin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Larry the Cable Guy that yeah. said. <laughs> yes. Well, can we quote George Carlin on the podcast? Or? Uh, I'm sure you can. Yeah, okay. Uh, you got a few up in the head there? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cocksucker motherfucker tits. Yeah, the big one. That's the big seven. Yeah. So, Paul, do you have, other than, you know, falling back off a stage onto a nail... Do you have any other really interesting stories from when you were doing improv in the past? Uh, not why, well, you know, it's never really. You can say no. Yeah, that's okay. No, no, it's it was there was a lot of really fun times, uh, you know. And it's the, just the unexpected. It's all of a sudden, 
I've got uh, my good buddy who's, you know, uh, 300 and some pound, you know, who's going to be a linebacker in school mm -hmm. and uh, got into theater. And all of a sudden, he's shirtless in front of me. I'm gripping his hairy belly with two hands, and the scene called for a strawberry. And, you know, you're thinking to yourself, wow, what have I done in my life to end up in this exact mo I'm about to give a strawberry on a hairy man's belly. But the scene insisted on it, and so, yeah, we did it. Wow. <laughs> that is a story. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, with me, it's a lot of... I went to university, <laughs> paid thousands of dollars to get formal education, and this is what I'm doing with it. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and I don't, I don't know, that happens in theater in general, too, because sometimes you're, I don't know, to bring up a moment from the liar, you're pointing at someone's balls and saying, oh my god, you're not sterile, are you, son? That's not what you're trying to tell me, is it? Well, that's the fun of it. Think about it. You could be sitting behind a desk all day, bored out of your gore, doing nothing, or you could be on stage telling jokes to people and they're laughing yeah. and stuff. I mean, or not laughing. Yeah, exactly. the case may be. The deadpan, who knows? But still, in my opinion, that's a lot better than something you could be doing. So. That's true. That is true. Yeah, there's that whole, there's that whole sort of, I guess, a different way to look at it because I, I, I have had training, mm -hmm. in, in uh, theatrical training, uh, but like I said, it was in high school, I had, you know, took some drama classes and then nothing for years, and it wasn't until I got back into it again, community theaters and whatnot, I started taking, you know... Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, Workshops. if I'm going to be acting, maybe I should take some, like, you know, acting classes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was it was interesting working with people with theater degrees because it's it's kind of like sometimes you're looking at things, the same thing, just from different points of view. Mm -hmm. one, one is the, you know, the, I don't want to use the terminology school of hard knocks, but, you know, I came at it for some trial and error as mm -hmm. opposed to... To, you know a structured learning platform mm -hmm. but it's just interesting to see that and learn from each other like I've, I've picked up a lot of techniques uh, you know one of the my first play that I was in is when uh, one of my I guess original mentors came to me and he was he was a his you know, theater major he was a drama teacher and he pulled me aside and said you know for the first performance, you scared shitless yet? And I went, yeah, I do. Shit, I'm about to go on stage. And he goes, use it. And he gave me the term delicious fear. He said, take that fear, that's energy, that's something, use it. Use that when you go on stage. And You need it. You need it. And I've told myself, you know, years down the road that if I ever not feel it before a performance, I know it's time to end. Mm -hmm. It's time, you know, go take up nude bungee jumping or <laughs> snake wrestling or something. Chasing the fear. Yeah. yeah. Chasing the green dragon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, like I said, you need it. And part of my, you know, when I'm about to perform, I have to just, like, be alone and, like, 
almost hyperventilate in a corner because I'm like, I'm about to talk in front of people and I spent most of my life avoiding <laughs> human contact. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... You need to use that energy. You yep. need that. And I, there have been a couple shows where I wasn't nervous before it and I'm like, oh, this means I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's like, well, don't do that. Like, make sure you're picking stuff that yep. is going to give you that fear, is going to give you that, like, that level of enjoyment, though, too, because mm -hmm. if you're just afraid... Maybe you're in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. like, there's levels to it. Yeah, there is levels, but it, it is it is something. It's, it, you know, you if you're feeling something, that means you're emotionally invested mm -hmm. in the craft, in what you're doing. You know, it's the same thing as stage managers throughout my career, you know, beaten actors or the meat puppets over the head and you know, no no fucking around. When you get out there, even in the improv, you've got people in the theater who have paid money to be there. Mm -hmm. They deserve the show. You owe it to them. So, you know, get out there it might be three people, it might be a hundred or a thousand. Mm -hmm. You deserve to give. They just they paid for the show. You are, are, I guess, required to give it to them. So, well, that like sort of goes into the whole theater as escapism type thing. It's like my goal is to help people escape from their you know from their everyday lives. If they forget about that stuff, even for you know an hour, an hour and a half, that's mm -hmm. success in my mind. Do you get that? Uh, do you get that fear? The fear. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I... I wouldn't like like Paul was saying at the point where you lose that. I think that you've lost your your willingness to be mm -hmm. on stage because if you're afraid, it means you're invested and you actually want to perform well. When you're not afraid, you're like, I I've had one performance actually in high school where I stopped being afraid, and I remember that performance. I messed up my lines about six or seven times because I was like, what's the point? You know, like this is it's over, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I guess it's the same as sports or whatnot. When you go out in the ice or out in the field, like you've got to, you know, if you're, if you think this is gonna, the game is over and it's gonna be a, a walkthrough, you're not mentally prepared. So, well, it's, um, I think I've told the story before, but Glenn Hall, the goaltender, I believe he threw up before every game he played. Wow. As a Hall of Fame NHL goaltender. I throw up before every scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what that is. Uh, you guys think I'm just like, I got my little water bottle? Uh, I'm not. It's actually sipping. gin. I'm, yeah, <laughs> depositing it. No. <laughs> and he distills it later. Lights yeah. off, he goes off. Come back on. Come back on. Yes. Wipes them out. Some people, though, I've, you know, not every scene, obviously, but I've heard that that's something that they think they need to do. And I'm like, if that's what you think. <laughs> Some people, it's. If that's what you need, I should say. I've pooping. I worked with a, an actor who had his 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 routine was he had to have his pre-show poop. Yep, PSP. Yeah. Yes. PSP. Yeah. Uh, gotta go for my poop, dude. We're it doesn't matter. So. Well, and that's an interesting biological thing. I notice that every time when I'm about to enter for the first time, I have to pee. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I could have yeah. just gone five seconds yeah. ago. Nerves. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And then sometimes you actually have to, but then over the course you kind of just forget about it. Or you piss yourself. What? <laughs> well, because you've forgotten about it. Yes. You forgot it about about it for uh, too long. Yeah. Well, like, like, like you, I'm, I'm, Brooke. I, I need to, like, I, 
I need some time before a show. Mm -hmm. I gotta center my thoughts and you know all the all the mumbo jumbos with energies and whatnot, whatever you believe in. But I I, I need to focus that. I need mm -hmm. to center myself. And I did one show where they were just all too fucking friendly is what they were. They were like, hey, good show. Give me a hug. Like, stop talking to me. Don't touch me. I'm like, I'm in my process. Oh, you'll do good. Just give me a hug. No. I'm doing something. Yeah. This is, this, if you want, yeah, I'll hug you later. Well, here, have a glass of wine. No, I can't. What? Stop. <laughs> like, I know everyone, so it's really interesting that people have their process. And yeah. got to, some some people their processes go <gasps> off. Uh, I actually interviewed someone for our artist spotlight, uh, Holly Lewis. Her husband used to be the artistic director of Western oh. Canada Theatre. They've since moved to Edmonton for greener pastures. She was talking about her process uh, for a particular show that was at the Pavilion. Was she had to do several laps around the soccer field, come in <laughs> and then have a shower, and this is all like at a specific time before yeah. wow. performing. Not not mocking it, Holly, if you're listening. Uh, I just like it's really interesting how like what some people need to do to feel mm -hmm. to feel that comfort. Granted, it was a one woman show, so it was oh, two hours of, of just her. Mm -hmm. I'm like that's that's a lot of pressure to put on someone, but yeah, it's just I find that so fascinating. Yeah, wow. Well, I won't be doing that. <laughs> won't be running around any soccer fields. Too sweaty. Well, and. From my point of view, like those formal workouts, there's some people that have to like do a stretch and do a full, like 15 minute vocal warm up where they're doing all the syllables or doing like the, like, you know, unique New York, yeah, yeah. Uh, or Andrew Cooper's uh, the tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips, the tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips, and like if that's that's weird that, like for some people they need that, and for me I just almost take a nap beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, you, you remember. Of course. It's sort of a mixture of napping and meditating. <laughs> but it's meditating. It's yeah. just stopping my brain from thinking so that I can focus on this one thing. Yeah, gotta be in the moment. And uh, and depending on the show, sometimes if I'm doing a, uh, an ensemble thing where I'm playing multiple characters, I'll do my different character walks, different character voices. But yeah, it's... Yeah, some people. Some people are weird. <laughs> yeah, in, in scripted shows, what I what I have to do is I have to go through like my first two or three lines, mm -hmm. and it's like because I know if I can, I just rehearse those two or three lines in my head because I know once I've got those, once you hit the stage and I've got those two or three lines, the rest is there, or I have faith that you know I can pull if I've forgotten something or something goes haywire, I can pull it out of you know. Yeah. Pull a horseshoe out of my ass and go on, but I just need the first two or three lines. First two or three lines. Totally agree. Once you get the card in motion, you yep. can't stop it. Yeah. And there's a there's another wrinkle if you're doing a scripted comedy show where you've rehearsed it for so long and you're like, this isn't funny to me anymore. Is it going to be funny to an audience? Because you're just you know there's no audience or like you're not hearing anything and you just need that first laugh. <laughs> Once you get that first laugh, you're like, ah, oh, good. So much energy. Yeah. Which is a. Uh, there's certain people that come to shows that I call laugh leaders because they laugh loudly or yeah. uh, <clears throat> quote-unquote obnoxiously. So them laughing makes it okay for other people to start laughing audibly. 
or those people are laughing at them <laughs> laughing. Yeah. Which is also a thing that happens. But yeah, there's uh, TJ in the troop. He's one of those. Oh. He he does the full jaw thing like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, years ago we had uh, I was performing with some a lady we called the plant. Oh yeah. Because everyone thought she was a plant. No, she just loved coming out to shows, and she would try to get right near the front or something. And as soon as something, you know, the first joke came in, she was completely into it and was just this huge, oh! <laughs> and, you know, everyone was like, my God, thank you. Thank you yeah. for being there because the audience is going, okay, well, that was funny, but is this one of those shows you can laugh at or yeah. what? What am I, so see her going and they just go, okay. Yeah, that's the first domino being pushed down so mm -hmm. that's something I actually enjoy more about um, scripted comedy rather than improv for myself at least I have trouble containing my laughter in some scenes when we're doing improv <laughs> especially if the person beside me makes something a really funny joke I'm like trying not to laugh Whereas I don't worry about that at all yeah I it's, <laughs> it's, if it's funny laugh. yeah it's honest right? <laughs> it's true um, but yeah it's scripted comedy you've done it so many times you know the joke it's all worn out to you right so you're never gonna be able to laugh on stage really so see I have, I have a weird thing with that because I'm uh, I don't know if you remember in our first rehearsal for The Liar, Robin specifically talked to me and Joel about not breaking. Because we both just enjoy comedy so much and like we want to laugh with the audience. I've gotten a lot better at that, but sometimes, like during a scripted show, you get used to all the jokes, but they'll laugh at something you weren't expecting them to laugh at, which makes you look at it in a different way. Yeah, you're, and you're thinking like, about it. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> or, you know, when those things, those things go wrong. And, like, for example... Uh, Jeff walks off stage and doesn't come back on when he's supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> what do we he, do? He had forgotten a, a thing that he needed for the last scene, and oh. he goes off stage once, but then he comes back on right away. But it was on the other side of the stage, so he had to go off and just not come back on until the end of the scene. <laughs> I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> just never came back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or... I don't know, sometimes, oh, a sound didn't go off, and you hear someone running around backstage. Yeah, stuff like that. I love that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the infamous tech sounds. <laughs> the phone is supposed to ring, and it, well, that the exactly. cue is like, okay, I actually was referencing an exact moment like that. There was a phone that was supposed to go off. I was in this uh, performance of Death of a Salesman. It was really... Uh, expressionist was the word the director kept using uh, but Brittany had to answer her phone at one point phone doesn't go off so she slowly makes her way over to the phone it's completely silent there's no lines going on the next lines are supposed to be on the phone and it's a rotary phone so she starts dialing she's like I gotta dial seven numbers and she, so she did like nine eight one 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 just to just to make it go and then you could apparently the uh, uh, TJ was the ASM. He had fallen asleep backstage. Oh, I think wow. is what it was. <laughs> or or something had messed up. Maybe a cord had gotten kicked loose. Yeah. I don't want to cast too much shade on TJ. That no, not, not on TJ. Not yet. But you could just hear smash as something fell because he went running by it. Uh, which is why there is a in the first show that or the second show that Chimera did. There is a uh, a joke about that where someone has to run off stage and then run back on as a different <laughs> character, and you hear them rooting around because like you. Because I played that character once, and you just intentionally run into everything you can <laughs> yeah. to make that noise. That's awesome. 
Now, yeah, there was. Mine is uh, my story of the the, the, the fall down yeah. or the tech. Um, so you're walking was, drunk down the street. No, uh, walking drunk down the street, and yeah. I fell into this audition. No, it was uh, I was on stage, and it was uh, uh, me and a, and, a, and a good buddy of mine who was. I don't know if it if it has to be pointed out, but he was a Newfoundland. So we all know Newfies, and they're yeah. very quick witted. And and we had a scene, and it was the actress that was supposed to be coming on, name shall remain nameless, of course, and she was backstage on her cell phone because you got a phone call from her her boyfriend or whatever, and it was the breakup going on back oh, there. Oh shit! During the show, she misses her cue. So Barry and I are standing there. We've delivered our lines. She's not there. We hear the the stage manager go, shit. <laughs> That's and, a good morning. Yeah, that was like I don't think the audience heard it, but we heard it. And and then Barry looks at me, and he walks up stage of me, gets really close because he his he had a rule. He says three seconds without somebody saying something, I'm talking. Yeah, I don't care what I'm talking. You drop, I'll start talking. He walked up stage of me, looked me square in the eye with a little grin on his face, and said. Buckle up. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, we probably had to improvise for a good 30, 45 seconds on at that point while they were the stage manager and run back. Just you could hear them yell, and she came running up, and the stage manager's diving to hit the doorbell button because it was a manual cue and and everything, and it, but it was like I could always remember that. Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> right, saved the show. It, oh, I think it was one of the best shows. That particular run, that was one of the best shows. It was just, you've got to talk. Yeah, yeah you got to do something. Stay in character, go. Yeah, luckily, it was a... It, you know, it was a... It would have been a dark key. drama that, uh, you know, probably wouldn't have been so good to go to the slapstick routine. But, yeah, just people diving all over the stage and... Like the, yeah, it was great. I've heard uh, stories from friends about them being in a Shakespeare show and someone doesn't enter when they're supposed to, so they have to. I think, on the whole, they might have missed that entire scene, so they had to improvise like a lot of the other person's dialogue into their own, into mm -hmm. a monologue. In verse, still like in the uh, I am a pentameter. That would I, be ruthless, man. I didn't see it, but apparently it was amazing. Hey, good well, for them. Let's pull it off. Yeah. Now, usually, uh, someone will throw in a line about something stupid that happened earlier that wasn't supposed to happen, and it, I've seen it really get the audience. I'm like, that's. I I hope people are allowed to do that more because I like those moments. Because that's I don't know that's the yeah. beauty of live theater is uh, is the things that that can only happen on this run. Yeah, this is this is a unique moment in time. That, uh, you're going to see and you get to experience so and it, it really is i it's like working with the, this improv group mm -hmm. the troop is you, you get that feeling that you know if you throw a throw that line out there mm -hmm. and it dives you know you could see it wilting and burning as the audience glares <laughs> at you not laughing <laughs> Somebody else is gonna walk in and 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 pull that focus and move that scene along. So yeah. it's it's very refreshing and it's it's 
I, I liken it to, you know, life. This is, you know, improv is life and life is improv. You know, we don't get up in the morning with a script of what's going to happen that day. We're making shit up as we go along, so. True. Good lessons. Good lessons in life is just to, you know, live in the moment and and, and just be prepared for what's going to come at you next. Uh, I'm actually going to take just a second here. Here is a, uh, a message from our sponsors. This is a totally new thing, so I'm probably going to butcher these horribly. Uh, from Kamloops This Week, uh, which is a proud supporter of the arts and is very excited to be a media sponsor for Chimera Theatre's Knights of the Sun. Uh, we thank you for making Kamloops This Week your trusted source for news, sports, arts, and entertainment. And please visit our website at www.kamloopsthisweek.com and follow up on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. There's a typo in here. Are they on Twitter? I did not know that Kamloops This Week was on Twitter. I should follow them. And that's the reaction we want. Improv! We didn't plan wow! that. Wow! <laughs> what is this? Uh, and our other sponsor is uh, KGHM Mining Incorporated, which is a, a proud sponsor of the Knights of the Sun. And their statement is, we wish everyone a safe... Um, okay, I'm going to try to adapt this into what I think it should be. And we wish everyone a beautiful and safe summer. And now I'm going to read what it actually says here. We wish everyone a safe, beautiful, and safe summer. A safe, they beautiful, really want, they really want it to yeah. be safe. Hey, you kids, that. you kids, safen up over there. Stay away from the reefer yeah. madness. Yeah. So, uh, thank you to our sponsors of Knights of the Sun, which is allowing us to do a full medieval tournament. Uh, and yeah, which I don't know if you guys have seen armor or swords. It takes a lot of money. So yeah, thank you to our sponsors. Awesome, awesome people. Thank you to our sponsors, and stay away from that reefer madness. <laughs> uh. And that's another interesting part that I'm really enjoying about this, is, is, is different pop culture references. Yes, I know there's, there's a bit of an age gap. Mm -hmm. There's, there's you know, multi-generational players. Are you willing to state for the record your age? Yes, yes. I, I was born... Yeah. No. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yes. To uh to to Paul's mom. Paul, yeah, yeah great I, job. I, yeah. I think I'm the oldest. I know I'm the oldest. I'm but, uh, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh was it this year I'm 51, so. Okay. Yeah. So still still act, young. Still act like I'm like 12. So, well, it's good cuz you're good. probably the only one that still gets most of Brooks references. Yeah, I reference the 80s a lot. <laughs> yeah. This um, <laughs> I, that's what I love is the little reference drops and the little you know the pop culture and and uh, you know when you guys were doing we were practicing that one scene and it was Pride Rock or something yeah I know Lion King because it was playing in the background at some point and <laughs> I know I am that's that's it <laughs> so I'm like for us it's like a movie of our childhood yeah. Must have watched that thing at least ten times yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, probably sure. a lot more. Yeah, probably. I'm uh, sure my kids watched it a ton. Same with you know the Pokemon show. Yeah. I got some of the references just because it was in, you know, that little noise in the background yeah. when they, when my kids were talking about Pokemon, but it was kind of like, ah, I'm too busy being 
grown up to play Pokemon. <laughs> I guess now it's like minions and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And That's my crazy. Uh, when it was my sister's kids, they're a little, they're, you know, teenagers now. But when they were younger, it was a lot of like Phineas and Ferb and like <laughs> Wizards of Waverly Place and oh. stuff like that. I'm like, oh wow, were these shows always this bad, or <laughs> like, are they getting worse? I think they were always that bad. Yeah. Yeah. You go back and watch your shows that you used to like, you're like, wow, this sucks. My favorite example of that is watching the 60s Spider-Man cartoon when he's <laughs> oh, yeah. swinging on the web through the city. First of all, the web is just <laughs> shot oh, yeah. up he's into just... the sky. And he no, he doesn't shoot any more webs. It's just the single web. He goes this yeah. way, and then he comes back this way, and it's all the same web. <laughs> so he swings through the whole city on one web. So it, it must be attached to a helicopter or something? Uh, I'm there not was, sure. I think there was a late 90s Spider-Man too, that I can never find anywhere. Hmm. I'm not sure. It's, the 60s Spider-Man just makes me laugh so hard because of all the animations and stuff they had going on. Oh, yeah. Some, some of those old old cartoons from back in the day were just... I, yeah, love them. Before the old CGI, so it was actually... Yeah. You know, you knew it was a bunch of guys sitting in some sweatshop locked in their basement, you know, Filling in the colors, doodling each, yeah. doodling each animated sheet. So yeah, I mean, I I could still just watch hours upon hours of Coyote and Roadrunner though. Oh, of course, because really classic. Yeah, it's, they're just so good, and I don't know why. <laughs> but because it's, it's so simple, it's somehow it's gonna explode on the Coyote. It is, but it, and it's. I guess the opposite is true too. Like sometimes. You know, some of the, the, the your your newfangled movies you guys are coming out with is, you know, where you're so CGI intensive. It's like, you know, I enjoy now going back and, and watching some of the original Star Wars. Because Star Wars is the original. Yeah. It's not A New Hope. It's not blah, blah, blah. Star Wars. Yeah. 1978 it came out. And just to imagine, you know... That that was high tech at the time, and now you you get these redos, and it's there's so much going on. I I just find it it's just stuff. stuff. Especially the you watch the Star Wars prequels, like their battle scenes. I'm like, okay, well this is just a bunch of pictures. There's a bunch of stuff happening. Yeah, yeah. You almost in in these days you can have movies that are completely almost plotless. And just with the amount of special effects and things that are possible, people will still love the movie just because it's like, oh my god, two gigantic robots beating each other up. There's something to be said for for simple, you know, just simple movies. Because sometimes, like I said, it's escapism. Sometimes people just want to watch yeah. two robots beating each other True. up. True. That is why a movie like Pacific Rim exists. Good point. <laughs> or sorry, Monsters and Robots. There, yeah, yeah. There, there, there had to be a reason for it to be exist other than... Something to watch on a, you know, international overseas flight. <laughs> a couple years ago, they when they re-released Jurassic Park in theaters, I went to see that because that came out in 93. I was born in 92, so mm. I wasn't going to theaters at that point. But <laughs> it's one of those, you're like, this is how it was supposed to be experienced. Because there's some movies like, I have to see that in theater, but I can wait for this one to be on DVD or on Netflix mm. or whatever. But like, I want to see this... I want to experience this in the theater where this is how, how they meant it to be watched. And Jurassic Park felt like one of those. Yeah. And I, I have it on DVD and I've seen it on Netflix and stuff and it still holds up. 93 and a lot of that stuff, like there's no point where you're like, oh, this looks way too cheesy. 
It's it's crazy how it happens. And now they make CGI stuff that's dated a year later. Yeah. I was watching uh, Clash of the Titans, the one that came out in 2010. And I'm like, this CGI is terrible. <laughs> it's 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 crazy how quickly it becomes dated. Not that we would turn down any offers to star in any big budget motion picture movies. <laughs> well, and if anyone's listening to hire a couple of and I, I shouldn't throw shade. That stuff is hard to do. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. And I've because uh, I, I used to work with a production company and uh, the guy I shared an office with had worked in film in Vancouver and he's like, yeah, like graphic design people and like the CGI, they get just shit on. Yeah. Because, you know, they want one thing and you give them that one thing and they're like, okay, so for the same money, I want that and this. Okay, now this and this and this and this. And it's just, it's like, okay, but you're not paying anymore for that? And it's just edits after edits. Apparently they get treated like shit. That's terrible. So it's, yeah. <laughs> Glad I'm an actor. Yes. <laughs> Theater actors. But it's... It's like in Rogue One. Did you see Rogue One? Rogue... The new Star, Star Wars, Wars one. Uh, what's the plot line? Is it... The, the Death Star plans. Oh, God. Uh, well, okay, which is the one where she took the Luke back his... his lightsaber? Oh, that was uh, Force Awakens. Okay, okay, so... Yes, I did. Uh, it was uh, bootlegged copy in a uh, at a theater in Panama. <laughs> wow! <Of course>. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have lived a life. Yeah, yeah it was interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, because that, that's the one where everyone dies, right? Spoiler alert! But yes. oh, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's a wonderful. I mean, they introduce awesome characters, and then like none of these people appear in, you know, the the original trilogy. Yeah. So I was like, well, I figured everyone was going to die. But the guy and who... the the chick in the crying game is really a dude. See, that's ruined another movie for you. Jesus Christ! <laughs> the back of my life. <laughs> I'm sorry. Soylent Green. Yes, it's people. <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah, too. Uh, Charlton Heston's on Earth all along. We're going to ruin all the good movies. Yeah, yeah. Snake Killed Dumbledore. Yeah, that was what I was going for. Oh. Verbal Kint is Kaiser Soze. <laughs> uh, so I had a friend, Josh Sunderman. He has a shirt with all of these spoilers on them. So, did you. You were talking about Star Wars, the, you know, the original trilogy. Yeah. Did you see The Empire Strikes Back in theaters when it originally yes. came out? Yeah. What was it like when he said, I am your father? Oh, wow. Um, Sorry, if we're, we're I, taking it back. Question, but, yeah, I, I, did, I know, according to all the pop culture references and everything you see, that it was supposed to be this, this big moment. Yeah. I think my... Uh, because I still would have been a, I would have been quite young, yeah. that uh, I, I, I was, I saw it, but it was just so much, you know, it's a big theater and there was so much else going on. Mm-hmm. I think I actually missed the significance of that. Hmm. Interesting. Because you're, you know, you're, you've got that, you know, we, as a kid, you watch the original Star Wars. Yeah. And so you, you know, you've got 
the battles and everything, and then all of a sudden, you know, you've got Darth Vader mm -hmm. and Luke Skywalker in the same place. And it's kind of like, that was the big thing. It wasn't, you know, oh, he just fought a big deal, but they're fighting together. This is great. <laughs> We can edit that out and make, no, me sound, make me sound cool, like, yeah, it was like, we were all totally shocked. No, that's an interesting answer, because, you know, I obviously can't have that frame of reference, but I've always, like, twists like that, I always wonder just how people reacted the first time they saw that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, it's interesting. It's sort of the same as watching sports, and, like, you know someone's going to score in overtime to win the Stanley Cup, and it's like... What are they thinking right now? Well, he knows he has an open net. And like, what are you, what are your first thoughts like after you put it in the net? <laughs> yeah, thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> I said put it in, and my mind went to many different places. Totally. And sorry, that kind of thing is just really interesting to me. It's like, how do you react to something like that? Well, because it, it it was a big thing. Like, you know, we're talking pre-internet days. Mm -hmm. I I tell you know stories I was growing up in Saskatoon and when it came out and I don't know for how many weeks it went on but the paper the local paper would run an article you know talking about something to do with the movie because it was it was it really was a game changer like this this was one of those movies of a lifetime that mm -hmm. changed the whole way we did movies and everyone sort of knew it like it was a it was a big deal and so the the newspaper would run run these little stories and you know sort of little articles about the movie every friday paper for two months and i would clip them out and i would save them and i had a little drawer and i would pull them out because it was it was that big it was really you know nowadays you know the latest <clears throat> um, comic, comic book, book yeah. movie thing, movie comes out, and it's the big new thing, and it's like two weeks later, we're already on to the next something or other. It's like, yeah, you, yeah it's it's big, and you know, it's cool, but it's not, you'll never be Star Wars original cool like it's if it ever if I hope it happens again because it really was a moment in time uh, what do you think's come closest in your experience has anything even come close um I think really because it was it was another time frame but the closest would have been uh, like the toy stories and that that whole Pixar thing because you know it, it we had Who Framed Roger Rabbit and that whole melding of live action and whatnot, and that was unique in its time. Yeah. But I think, you know, when they came out with, uh, with Toy Story, the original, that, you know, because here was an animated kids show that really wasn't. It was a, you know, kids movie, but it had the themes and storyline that even adults could enjoy. But, you know, I think that... It might have been the next little change, but it wasn't wasn't you know a seismic event like Star Wars. But it's and it's interesting that that was what came to mind because I feel like for us because you were you're ninety five 
95, well, I think that was when Toy Story came out. Yeah. So for us, that's just kind of always been around. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is weird. Yeah. So from it's, your, from, from, for your generation, what's, what's, like, like, what's a big sort of movie thing change, change game changer in this recent? It's nice because all I can think of are like adaptations and stuff like that. And all I can think of are movies that are older than me. <laughs> <laughs> but stuff that came out, maybe Avatar would come to mind. Just because how interesting visually it was. Mm-hmm. But again, it's I don't think that would be a seismic event. It's just something that was talked about for the longest time. Yeah, Lord of the Rings trilogy is a big one too. That's another one. That's one that came to mind for but me. But that, again, is not the same to the same level as what you were describing no. at all. But it's it's like... Star Wars was three different movies as well, the original trilogy yeah. at least, right? So, and all three, I imagine, were treated equally as, as amazingly, right? Like, um, yeah. By the time Return of the Jedi, it was kind of, you know, it was a little bit done. It mm. was sort of, you know, I guess with anything that's now become a series or, uh, you know. People are expecting. Oh, you go in there expecting. I think that was the thing with the original one and even into Empire Strikes Back because it wasn't a lot of expectations. You were literally, you know, the the letter scroll, the word scroll up on the opening scene, and yeah, as as uh, I, I remember as a kid seeing that the very first time, going. like. <laughs> I, I guess yeah. It was <laughs> my my preteen mind was going, "What the fuck am I seeing? <laughs> Holy!" Yeah, it was great. We should do Star Wars improv. If you guys have already. Uh, well, we did a, a long form. Oh, okay. We can probably do a short form. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like Star Wars. I want to do a, a let us talk about Star Wars. Nice. Uh yeah. But again, like a lot of extended universe stuff because I'm really interested in that kind of thing. I just like the stories they came up with. But no, now they got the like, like some of the new stuff. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the movies. I I, I worry about movies as being such production costs and values, and it's overdone. Uh, I I was introduced uh, you know last Christmas to uh, um, uh, Rick and Morty on the on the comic network or whatever and. My son was showing me, he streamed it, using that newfangled streaming technology. (laughs) (laughs) And at first I thought it was just another, you know, adult-themed kids' cartoon, but it was, I thought it was really quite interesting in in some of the the ways it's it's playing to people, you know, the thinking man who wants to still have a laugh, but... There's levels. There's, yeah, there's... Le- levels and layers and cakes and onions and ogres. <laughs> I've, yeah, I I got passed by by the Rick and Morty thing. I don't know. I just I've never seen it, and everything I've seen, I'm like, I'm okay with not watching it. But I mean, I've heard a lot of good things about it. So there are a lot of shows like that nowadays. Actually, it's like, like a lot of simple comedy stuff. Like yeah. Steven Universe, I think is yeah not dissimilar. What's that one show called? Something Adventure. Adventure Time? Adventure Time? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, Archer. People, Archer, yeah. But Archer is more, like, you wouldn't watch it if you were a kid. Well, you, <laughs> you should you. <laughs> <laughs> um, My Little Pony is like that, eh? 
Sorry, my mom got mad at me when I was younger because I used to watch Family Guy. Okay. And she was vacuuming or something in the in the living room, and I was watching TV, and there was a, a quote, and he's like, well, I'd love to stay in chat, but you're a total bitch. And he walks away, and <laughs> my mom looks at me and just turns off the TV. <laughs> like, you know, I guess I'm not 14 yet, I can't watch that. Yeah. Nope. Uh, for, for me, it was, it was raising kids on... The Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, twenty some twenty Oh God. Yeah, what a what is it, thirty years now that this been yeah. mm, It's crazy. And and when when my kids were young it was kinda like, you know, every they learned about Greek mythology through episodes of The Simpsons. They learned about Edgar Allan Poe from The Simpsons, you know, Treehouse of Horror. And there was just so much you know, Stephen Hawking was introduced to them by watching an episode and and I remember having discussions with other parents at that time and it was like you know any l lesson you need to teach your children in life you can now reference it to an episode of the Simpsons somewhere mm -hmm. like, thank you thank you <laughs> Simpsons for allowing me to be a crappy parent and fall back on TV to teach my children sorry kids it's just kind of a reference point, though. Yeah. It's it good is. to be able to, like, oh, it, it's like this, so that you're not just, like, having to explain a difficult concept. If you can refer it to something, and then be like, oh, okay. Yeah. It helped, it, it, that's what I mean. It helped teach those concepts. Mm -hmm. I wonder what I'm going to refer back to. Granted, I guess that show probably doesn't exist yet. Yeah, who knows? There's... And you know when that one minion wanted the banana, but then the other one also wanted it? And then they were eating ice cream? Yeah, that's sharing. That's compromise, <laughs> kids. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, it's... I'm... I'm sad in a way that I didn't get to experience... Like, we don't have the context of a world without Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Like, so I'm sad in a way that I don't get to experience it, like, for the first time. But... I don't know, it wouldn't have been as big a deal, I think, if I had been back then. So. Yeah, that's why I... That, uh, someone did a cover song on YouTube there. It's uh, uh, Godier, somebody that I used to know. And they <laughs> redid it as, you know, the Star Wars that I used to know. It's quite, it's quite funny because it's, you know, they're giving George Lucas shit for going back after the fact. Because... I don't think you'll, unless you saw it before he changed it, you will never see the original. Well, that's what I, I realized is that I hadn't ever seen the original because uh, we, you know, they came out in 97, so I would have been five, the, uh, the remastered. Yep. That's what I grew up with. And so I had a friend who was like, okay, I have some VHS copies of the originals. We're going to watch them. I'm like, oh, okay. So, like, some of his choices made sense, like just adding in. Yeah. atmosphere and like mm -hmm. different shots so that it wasn't just the same thing I'm like okay I, I get that but then some of it was like why is there a musical number in Return of the Jedi now yeah. why you know so why? it was it was great to have that moment and why didn't Han shoot first because <laughs> he's a ruffian he's he's a rascal he, you know well, and that makes sense is that like the character arc makes more sense mm -hmm. with him shooting first Oh, this turned into the Star Wars podcast. <laughs> oh, no, okay. I, this is why we have to do one of those, because I could talk about this forever. Yeah. Um, 
anyways, we've been going for over an hour now, so uh, I'm going to cut us off there. Okay. All right. Oh, so Thanks for having me again, Brooke. Yeah, thank you guys so much for uh, improv conversation and for being on the troop. And uh, anyone who's listening in, catch these guys in our 90s show in, on the 17th. And uh, over the course of the summer and maybe, maybe into next year, we'll see. Who knows what's going to happen in the future. Uh, secret sentence. We're going to do a secret sentence this time. Oh, wow. I was drunk and I was walking down the street. Ellipsis. That's a secret sentence. So email that to info at chimeratheater.com. That's I-N-F-O at chimeratheater.com. And there will be a Let Us Talk. And we may or may not have an artist spotlight this month. But until next time, practice makes perfect and Chimera makes podcasts.